Pauline? Hello. Ooh, hello, my dear. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm super excited to be speaking to you. That's how I am. Do you mind if I do the intro? <laughs> no, that's perfect. Go for it. All right. Woo. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as well. Welcome back to The Slim Society Show. I am your nutritionist, as always, Connor Rhodes. Thank you for listening in on Spotify, Stereo, Facebook, wherever you might be listening to us. Be sure to subscribe for lots of future content around health, happiness, fat loss, fitness, food, all that good stuff. Today I am talking to Pow 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 Pauline Wood, the incredible. She's got an absolutely amazing story. She is a cancer survivor. She's a Slim Society member. And now she's also in training to become a nutrition and exercise coach herself to help people go on the same journey that she has. Pow, 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 pow. Pauline, say hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Off, off, the, off the imaginary script, though, Pauline, I do love you, and you are one of my favourite people. Oh, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Could we start, then? If it's okay with you, because I've got a few ideas and where we'll go with this conversation. I'd like to talk to you first a little bit about just who you are and your past, about what's gone on with your weight loss and health journey. And then after that, because you have been super successful in improving your health, you've lost tons of weight, you've started exercising, you, do, you just do so many positive things and you've come to such a positive place. I'd like to also get from you at the end three top tips for fat loss or weight management just personally from you yeah sure does that sound so, okay yeah that sounds perfect so all right beautiful never, yeah give me a little rundown of who you are yeah i was never really an overweight child or teenager um in fact i was the opposite i was always you know quite lanky as a child really tall really thin same with a teenager i was never overweight at all um i probably started putting on weight when i was about 27 and i put it on quite quickly um so i went from being all right to a bit overweight like in my early in my mid-20s to being like obese um by like 28 and i tried various diets <laughs> i tried <laughs> living world many times weight watchers many times and it had worked and then it wouldn't and and i was just thinking is it me can i not do it i'm a rubbish and this probably went on for several several years like you know like 15 years or so mm -hmm. and then so this takes us up to about 2017 and i joined the gym I uh, joined Pure Gym in Sheffield and I started with a personal trainer who we both know, uh, Mark. Yes. Yes. Shout out um, to Marcin Misovic from Pure Gym, <laughs> Flipping City Central, South Sheffield. <laughs> and, um, Represent. And I, because um, I, uh, obviously I'd say, well, I say obviously, obviously for me, if anyone knows me, I decided that the way to like make myself change my life and lose weight was to sign up for the London Marathon when I was 20 stone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, you, you do like to set big goals. That, that is one of your trait characteristics. I, I do. Um, and so, um, so marching were like, well, what's your goal? What's your goal? And I'm like, well, to run the London Marathon. He says, what, in the two years? I went, no, I've already signed up. So I nearly gave him a mini heart attack. But anyway, I started losing the weight. So I lost quite 
I lost about three stone quite quickly. And then um, I probably lost about four, about five stone. Um, did the marathon. Uh, was in training for my second marathon. So I was still around the, probably about the 97 kilos, which is about, what, 15 stone mark then? I was around 20 stone when I first started. So already then, a big improvement, and you got around a flipping marathon. That, <laughs> that's no mean yeah, feat, is it? That's, yeah, that was... That's that a was, slog and a half. It was, it was a slog because it was a red-hot day and there was a water shortage. So it was like a real sure it was hard it was really really hard work but I was all excited about doing my second marathon and I was training well my diet was going well I was getting stronger my hips were getting stronger I could run like eight nine ten miles without stopping and so I was it was going well and then at Christmas I got completely out the blue I wasn't feeling unwell at all I got diagnosed with cancer and tell us so, the tell us the tell us the story about how you figured out you had cancer. <laughs> don't, do this at, don't don't do this at home, folks. Don't do this at home. So I um I I'd lost loads of weight and I developed muscle everywhere. So I'd found something that was like in my chest, but it was attached to this to the to the skin. And it was like the consistency of muscle. So I just thought it was muscle. And I probably ignored it for two years. Not, not <laughs> I ignore it. I was proud of it. I was proud of my cancerous tumour. Because you then, thought it was chest muscle. Muscle. I thought it Oh, was my pet. Lord. Yes. You just can't write it, can you? <laughs> no. no. I can just imagine I'll be gravestone died of stupidity. Um, <laughs> Oh my lord! And I ended up getting it checked out, and two weeks later, I got a cancer diagnosis of stage three C, grade three cancer. So, my plans to run my second London marathon were like no longer because I was in chemotherapy. I had chemotherapy. I had two operations, and I had twenty three. Uh, fractions of rad radiotherapy so one one session of radiotherapy is called a fraction so 23 sessions of uh, radiotherapy so I was pretty much out of the game 2019 but I'd done a bit of research um, about how um, exercise can help with people going through cancer so I I asked Martin to do uh, a um, a specialist uh, grade uh, level four course in PT in for um, cancer rehabilitation. So he did that, and I actually tried. I actually trained all the way through. Um, <laughs> that's that's good. Keep yourself strong. You've got to do what you can do, haven't you? For your for yeah. your mental and physical health together. Exactly, and I mean, obviously, I couldn't do an hour in the gym, you know, when I wasn't very well, but. I could maybe do 10 minutes, 15 minutes in the gym and then we'd go for a walk or we'd go for a coffee or like a few times um, if I was feeling like when you, when you go through chemo, you get a lot of fatigue mm-hmm. and the only thing really that sorts it is forcing yourself to go for a walk. So, and it was just having that, that push to actually do that and like, so 
think I, I, I honestly don't think I'd be alive if it wasn't for losing weight, getting fit, getting strong, getting through the cancer treatment and actually keeping motivated and strong through the treatment because um, chemotherapy really does knock knock it out here. I mean, you're poisoned well, when it's, it's in your it, life. I was just going to say that it's literally just they're poisoning you, aren't they? And they're poisoning you in the hope that they poison and kill the cancer cells faster than they kill you. Um, yeah. And exactly it, it works. That. It works, doesn't it? You know, I'm also a cancer survivor. Chemo also yeah. flipping saved me. So <laughs> it's yeah. some it's yeah. some good poison sometimes. But even now, you're experiencing ongoing side effects from the. I have lifelong side effects as well that will yeah. never return yeah. or change. But you're still in follow up oh. treatment now, aren't you? And experiencing side effects. Absolutely. I'm on hormone treatment for probably the, at least the next eight years because my chance, if I don't have any tablets at all, my chance of recurrence is something like 75% in five. No, I lie. My chance of dying oh. in five years is 75%. So it's yeah, they're estrogen blocker tablets, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, because I'm really strongly estrogen sensitive. So basically, my body just grows tumors <laughs> in the presence of <laughs> estrogen. <laughs> And a little bit of information as well. We we already know this because we talk about this in your fight in the good fight, but body fat also produces estrogen, doesn't it? It's estrogenic yeah. tissue. So this is one of the yeah. good things that you've been doing, isn't it? Bringing the weight down, keeping the weight down, trying to be healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And also um, it would be so easy to kind of have that entitlement of, and I'll explain what I mean, like, oh, I've had cancer, so therefore I deserve chocolate. Oh, yeah. I've had, had cancer, so therefore, you know, I deserve to have this wine or I deserve this pizza. No, you don't. You know, you, you, not, not any more than anyone else, you know. I think you Is deserve to health? treat yourself, but I'd like, you, I'd like it if you treat yourself well rather than, like, it's just, you know, chocolate. It's just, I mean, I love chocolate as much as the next average bear but it's flipping it's sugars and fats mixed together isn't it that's basically what it is and it it is a treat we all love we all love junk food it is a treat but you can treat yourself to junk food or you can treat yourself to many other things in life there's there's many ways you can treat yourself and i always encourage not not just myself or you but everybody to try and treat themselves in ways that are helpful and not harmful like alcohol is also fucking estrogenic so if you were just if you were just like oh hey i'm a cancer survivor let's just booze it because party live for the day if that's not helping (laughs) this is not helping no No, and and like i I limit my drinking now i don't really drink any more than two to three two to three times a month um but i i i actually started that when i was when i was um trying to when i'm not trying i did lose the weight when i started like losing the weight i decided that i'd rather eat my calories and drink them that's fair the as you know my program's called the six steps to slim and the sixth step is try and not eat try and not drink your calories it's it's more fun for your life if you eat more of them yeah i mean if i'm gonna if i'm if I'm out for a meal, uh, I mean, obviously, I still do have wine sometimes, but a lot of the times, I think I'd rather have a starter. I'd rather have I'd rather have a starter than like a bottle of wine. I'd, I'd rather. Yeah, I suppose I'd it's, rather pe- it's personal that. preferences for people, isn't it? Yeah. Some people have it. Some people yeah. one way. Some people are the other. It's about balancing Absolutely. what you like. Yeah, for your health personally, each for each person. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I, I was just like, no, I'd rather I'd rather eat my calories than drink them. And that was right at the start, and I was really strict. I don't, I don't think I drank alcohol for about four months, five mm-hmm. months. It was a long, long time. Um, and now I feel like I've got that more balanced. Um, but, but yeah, it was... Oh, that was all good to say. And then when I finished the cancer, it was a case of building my strength back up because yep. I had a pick line in my arm, which is basically they put a tube which goes in your vein and it goes all the way to your heart. And basically, um, instead of putting a cannula in your wrist, um, in your hand to, for your chemo drugs, mm-hmm. which can it can ruin your veins. It can make your veins collapse collapse i had it going up this tube which went straight into my body but i also so had that six, yeah yeah for 16 weeks i wasn't able to lift any weights at all i wasn't able to lift anything heavier than four it's have it would have a two or four kilos <laughs> wasn't much I, I think it was four kilos which isn't a lot i mean even your shopping is more than four kilos True. generally and so I lost all mus- muscle definition in my arm, all of it. So I had to build that back up. And that has been that it's been a climb, sometimes vertically uphill at times. But I'm getting there. <laughs> you I'm, are. We're still, we're still working there. on it now, aren't we? I give you a flipping yeah. daily ear beating about stretching your <laughs> shoulder out and doing your shoulder exercises with your dumbbells and things like that. Because you've got some... Um, weights at home which is really nice a couple of little different exercise options so we're still working on that and to be fair strength for everybody should be a lifelong pursuit really because like most things in your body and mind it's use it or lose it so and we don't want to be losing strength as we get older whether you're recovering from cancer or not but i'd I'd like it if you you could yeah if you could move well if you were strong if your knees didn't hurt if you felt in a good healthy position this is all what we want so we'd be doing the strength training regardless so we might as well we're just working on it and moving forward aren't we yeah, absolutely. And then I came to you um, October 2019. So I was just coming to the end of my cancer treatment one time. Yeah. Yeah. And I came, so I've been hearing about you from March in for a while. And I was aware of your group and I was aware of you. And then, and I think we'd had a few conversations um, that summer. Um, and I just decided to, to join. Um, Primarily because you've got such a large group. I was like, I need the support that this group can can give because it's not just about, for me, it's not just about you or the person that you're dealing with. It's also about um, what support you've got. It's building that network of support with people who have got similar goals and aspirations as you. Absolutely. So... So it's like celebrating the wins. It's it's if you haven't had a great day, it's people going, oh, never mind. You know, you've got this. It's cool. It's okay. Um, because because absolutely you need that. Well, I I think you do, without a doubt. I also do. If you look at habit change psychology, there's three prerequisites to long term successful change, and it's the A B C 
of long-term habit change. The first one is autonomy. You need to have control and mindfulness over your own goal. The second one, though, B, that's for belonging. That means community and support. It yeah. means it's better It's better if you feel like you're part of a team, you feel like you belong, you feel like you should be doing what you are doing. Like, I I love a story that you've told me at first where you, when you first joined the gym, because you were overweight and not confident in that scenario yeah. and si- situation, you felt like you were somebody who shouldn't be at the gym. You felt like well, the gym was, what did you say, for the young and beautiful? Is that what you said? For the young, for the young and the beautiful, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, like, you, I, don't, you, I, don't, <laughs> I don't belong here. I don't, and I, I almost felt like, I wouldn't say ashamed, because I didn't feel ashamed, but I almost felt like an imposter. Like, I don't, I don't belong here. And, and it was a gradual process. So at first, I was just going to the cardio area. And I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm all right in the cardio area. Like, I could, I could do treadmills. I could the do safe bike. area. Yeah. And the yeah. Like, it really is. And, it, and, it, and it's, it's an area that's familiar to you. Like, people have seen a bike and a treadmill. And, and it's full of, it's not full of big burly men who, who are just, like, making strange grunting noises. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then... I'd been like probably about six weeks, and then um, I was because I was working. I was with March, and he's like, "Come on, come into this area." I'm like, no, 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 I'm not ready. He's like, "Come on, come into this area." So I'd go <laughs> and do the um, the weight machines because it seemed a bit safer than the free yeah. weights. And it probably it took weeks and weeks and weeks for me to go in on my own and go any area of the gym that I, that I, I thought was was great what that I wanted to and I think that's something that gyms you know maybe should um address is that not everyone who goes is a fitness gym bunny some people are really scared some people are terrified and maybe they should have like almost like nursery classes um, <laughs> I really, I, I know it sounds <laughs> daft, but you have it doesn't sound daft. On, you have nursery slopes on like skiing holidays. Why, why aren't they there with like the nicest, kindest PT that there is? <laughs> like very carefully going through things in baby steps because you try a few classes and there's this like crazily insane fit PT like making you do burpees and when you're 20 stone you look at that and you think i can't do it i can't do yeah. it yeah yeah that's true and, and maybe and you can't do it. it puts you off yeah exactly and i will say that you kind of um you you happened across a good gym as well because you went to the gym group um where i also used to be a personal trainer at the gym group marcin's obviously a personal trainer at the gym group and the gym group do try one of their things is they try and hire people who are nice (laughs) so they they do yeah so they do try and make it a more inclusive environment but i understand completely what you're saying i i told you a story once didn't i that i i met a lady in the gym once who was quite overweight and she told me that the first time she came to the gym she pulled up in the car park cried and then went home the second time she came to the gym she got into the foyer cried and went home the third time she got into the gym she got into the gym passed the foyer got scared and confused cried and went home the fourth time (laughs) and then you know just literally this is how some people feel isn't it so i understand exactly where you're coming from yeah, I mean, I've, I've I've been in gyms before where a PT's give you an assessment 
Um, and they've just like kind of spent like 20 minutes telling me how, how overweight I was, how unfit I was, and how if I didn't get this, this, and this sorted out, I was at risk of this, this, and this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all negatives. It's all negatives. There were no like, well, you know, well done for coming, you know. That'd be a start. start. Bloody hell. Basically, you're like fat and unfit, and you're going to die soon if you don't sort this out. And already you're feeling a bit like overwhelmed by it all. Yeah, because it's not a natural environment for some people at first at all. I mean, it it, it is now, but at first, no. And maybe that's why I think that's one of the reasons why I succeeded because I had a personal trainer. I can't recommend him enough. Yeah, because well, the reason I brought this up wasn't it? It Because I was going through the A B C of long term habit change, and B is for belonging. And if you're there with a personal trainer, you've got a professional friend, and you feel like you do have rights to be there because you're with. flipping person who works there so what now other people <laughs> so exactly. yeah I, I i understand i understand exactly what you're saying um can i can i finish off the c of long-term habit change yeah, just in case absolutely. anybody's interested in it um the c stands for competence which is just a different word for education because you need to know what you're doing to be able to fulfill the first principle, which is A for autonomy. Because if you don't know what you're doing, you won't be able to take control of it or do it. But then you also need support. That means you're not doing it on your own, which is exactly what you said. Like you're um, in my nutrition and accountability and support group. You you got a personal trainer to help you along. And now, now, like you said, quite rightly, you do feel like you belong now in the gym environment, don't you? Because you know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And um, like... It's, it's like changed me that much that um, you mentioned at the beginning that I'm actually doing my own training to become a personal trainer, but I'm wanting to A, work with, um, if I, what I'd like to do is work with like cancer people and also um, overweight people. Perfect. Because, so, you know, I get it. I get it. I get what it's like. And I listened to your podcast with Lynn the other day and I was nodding along in it in agreement when she was saying stuff about the seatbelt on the plane. I mean, I've, yeah. never had to get an ex- I've never had to get an extension seatbelt, but I've been close. And when you're overweight, things that you don't realise are an issue are an issue. Like, yeah. you know, putting your, putting your socks on, it's not an issue if you're not overweight. It's an issue when you're overweight. Fastening your shoelaces, um, just things that are, are not an issue normally become an issue when you when you and and like tiredness you know i mean sometimes i've lost i think it's 37 kilos uh which is roughly about five and a half stone and sometimes at the gym i will try and pick up 37 kilos (laughs) and i struggle I really struggle and I think... Well, that's like picking up two suitcases that you'd take on holiday, isn't it? Pick up two suitcases that you'd take on holiday, yeah, and waddle along with them, flipping it. It will be. No wonder you were tired. I've been around for 15 years. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody when they when they say they're tired. I understand completely if you've got that much weight to lose. Everything's an effort, isn't it? Yeah, everything, everything. And, and, and it was not, and again, what Lynn was saying, it was nice not to be able to have that stress of, um, uh, you know, 
oh no, I have to put my socks on. Oh, I better sit down because I can't do it stood up. And it was just like, it, it becomes a big deal. And also psychologically, it's nice that, um, I mean, when, when you're at the larger end of the scale, like clothes wise, uh, for females, you haven't got that much choice in what clothes you can wear, what you can buy. And it's just so nice now to go to a shop and I can think, I like that, I'm going to buy it. Instead of, I like that, oh, does it do a size 24? No, oh, oh mm. never mind. Oh, you know, it's nice, but never mind. Oh, but I'll, I'll get that T-shirt. I don't really like it, but it fits me. And, and it's just nice to be able to buy a pair of jeans that I like and and like and to me that the habits are so ingrained now um, that I'll never go back I will never go back to that person it was it, too hard work um, I know I've heard this saying a few times it's choose your hard you know losing yep. weight's hard I'm not going to lie it's really hard yep. it, but being weight, being being overweight harder. <laughs> it's also hard, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so which hard do you want? The hard that's positive or the hard that's negative? Yeah, absolutely. So, and 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 I know we 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 say this a lot in the group. Choose your hard, and it's true. Like life's always hard, isn't it? There's no easy options in life. There's no easy get outs. It's no. everything. Everything's equal and opposite. Yeah. You know, like if going to work's hard, but not having any money is also hard. So what do you want? It's you... Exactly, exactly. So choose your hard because, um, you know, it might, if, if, you are, if you are eating unhealthily, it might take a while to catch up on you. It did me. It just went on. I don't know why, because, you know, maybe, maybe because I used to move more because I was quite active as a child and teenager. Then in my 20s, I wasn't. But, it catches up with you and you know and it, it's hard a life of being overweight is really difficult but yeah the, if i if i can do it seriously anyone can i have full faith that everyone can do it because i've seen untold amounts of people who stare me in the face and tell me that they can't do it then i watch them go do it you just need the right support you need the right situation you need the right people around you you need the right education you need the right plan there needs to a lot of things need to go right it's not easy um but i've seen so many people change their life when you were talking you reminded me of a book by a navy seal called jocko willink and the book's called discipline equals freedom and it seems it seems seems counterintuitive at first but if you're already slim because you've been disciplined with your food then it doesn't matter if you eat a couple of desserts if you've got no. type 2 diabetes then it really matters because that's damaging you physically to eat those desserts yeah. if you exercise a yeah. lot then it doesn't matter if you take a couple of weeks off if you never exercise and then you don't exercise for a couple of weeks then yeah your knees are going to start to hurt aren't they if you don't move yeah. around so it seems counterintuitive at first and people think oh i don't want to do this and i don't want to do that no you don't but to get to be in a position that you want to be in and get the things you want to want in life. Sometimes you've got to do the things you don't want to do to get the things you actually want out of it, isn't it? So it seems counterintuitive at first, but if you choose, like you said, choose the correct version of the hard life you want, choose the positive and hard life rather than the negative and hard life. 
yeah yeah absolutely and 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 it becomes that it doesn't become that hard at first it is at first it's hard first it's confusing at first it's like right how do I navigate around my fitness pal right okay so so it's protein I need to increase oh, okay that, that that keeps me full of longer yeah I get that right <laughs> so so should I increase carbs and what how many calories is in this and 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 at first it it's hard it's it's difficult and and then you're like right okay so I've had a sandwich from a sandwich shop right I'm gonna go on my fitness pal so there's uh, suggestions from 150 calories to 2,900 <laughs> calories like, which, which one am I going to choose oh, you're not going to choose the 2,900 calories are you <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but the more experience you get the easier it becomes and I'd say also don't underestimate how long it takes I've been doing this four years and I feel like I'm only just starting to together that makes perfect sense because i've been trying to eat healthy and helping people eat healthy flipping 15 years and i i still feel like i've got ways to go i don't eat perfect i'm not nutritional jesus i still improve no. my food intake i can see my own food intake improving over years like i can see that for a while for like a year and a half i really worked on eating more vegetables and getting my vegetable intake up it took me two or three years to get a good protein intake i'm always working to try and get my calorie intake under control you know i I understand completely it does it, it takes a long time but the other thing about fat loss fitness and food is that these things are happening anyway aren't they even if it takes a long time the time's going to pass anyway you're going to eat food yeah. anyway your health's going to increase or decrease every single day based on loads of variables, some of which you choose and some of which you don't, whether you like it or not. So we might as well try. Yeah. We? we have to eat food, so we might as well try. And you are exactly right. It does get easier the longer you try. It literally does. Um, humans are so adaptable and humans are very strong. This is how we've taken over the entire world. <laughs> you can get used to almost anything. You can get used to eating a few vegetables, honestly. It might take a while. It takes a different length of time for every person. But I always promise every single person who comes to see me that on a long enough time frame, every single person succeeds. And it's true. Yeah. It take, it's a diff- Some people get, get it under control pretty fast. Some people don't. Some people, yeah, it takes them years. But if you keep trying and trying and trying, you either win or learn yourself all the way to the end. All, throughout the process, even if you're not doing well, you can learn why you're not doing well and then try and do better next time. And if you try and do better next time enough times, you're going to get somewhere. It's only food. It's all, And we like food. This is the thing, isn't it? We like food. It's not even awful. Losing weight, you can make it seem as stressful and awful as you want it to be. But really, it's just sitting down at the table and eating some food. You have to eat some different yeah. food, maybe, than you're currently eating. But it's not exactly being down a coal mine, is it? You can get a handle on it. You honestly can. Yeah, it takes a little bit of effort. It is a little bit hard. But you get there in the end, don't you? I think to me, because stuff like Slimming World and Weight Watchers, etc., are so confusing. So, you know, they're like, well, you can have as much oranges as you want. But I'm a professional nutritionist that- and their rules make no sense to me. It's, well, it, it's, did, it's my life to understand the flipping food rules and I just don't get what they're talking about half the time either, so I don't blame anyone. I, did, I kept on asking them about the oranges and stroke orange juice one and one person eventually gave me an explanation that made any sense. And she said, if you're eating oranges, you might have one to maximum of three oranges before you get fed up with eating oranges. Agreed. So, so you're limited your calories. Whereas if you have a, an orange juice, 
you could you could drink like I don't seven. know a liter of it, <laughs> a liter, yeah, a liter of orange juice. Yeah, and I was and I was like, okay, that actually makes sense. But but they kept on saying stuff like, well, because it changes the chemi- the 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 the, <laughs> the the structural composition. I went, how? I went. I've got a degree in chemistry. How? How? I was going to say, it used to be a science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, the Sims, I mean, they say it's short for synergy, but to me, no. <laughs> but we know, don't we? We know. It's the semantics and the connotations. Evil. Evil. <laughs> and yeah, evil. Like, let, let's, like, and that's one thing I've learned over the last few years. And I'm still not there. You know, there's, there's times where, you know, I have moments of clarity. It's like there's no moral values to food. It's food. It's calories. You know, and it yeah, it's an inanimate object. It's, it's what you do with it and how you feel about it. There aren't any yeah. good or bad foods, I agree. Yeah, if someone's starving to death, high-calorie food's not bad. If someone's got type 2 diabetes, it is bad. Does that make it good or bad? Neither. It's the situation. But if you're a type 2, di- type two diabetes, that, that got low blood sugar... Um, good point. I, they might need, they might need some sugar. Amar the most perfect thing you can give. <laughs> no, I wouldn't agree with that. I would say Lucas well, is a light sports drink or pure sugar without the fat is. Just my opinion. But a Mars bar is not a, bad. But if, but if you had a Mars bar on you... <laughs> if you only had a Mars bar on you, I'll give you that one. <laughs> the point is that it's not a moral value. And, True. And it's us, that, it's us that puts that moral value on. Or, oh, like, even the language, cheeky takeaway, cheeky dandos, cheeky... Cheeky ice cream. Oh, I had a cheeky ice cream. It's a bit like, you know, lad, you know, geezers. Ah, let's have a cheeky ice cream. I mean, you don't say, let's have a cheeky salad. <laughs> That's true. That I, is true. I had, I had a naughty, I had a naughty tuna sandwich. What? No, you didn't. That sounds like something Joe Wicks would say. Only he could pull that off. Yeah. Naughty, naughty I, broccoli. I'd believe him. Yeah. I had a naughty vegetable bake. Or, no. Yeah, I, I'd believe him. With that hair, you just can't say no. You can, <laughs> whatever he wants, take it, Joe. <laughs> Whereas, like, you'd have a naughty fish and chips, or you'd have a, a cheeky Nando's, or you'd have a let's have a let's have a a crafty bag of crisps. You know, it's it's the language, isn't it? And, and I'm guilty of it. Oh, just, I'm just a bit naughty today. Why? What did I do? I'm not four. I'm not naughty. I'm not naughty. <laughs> You're not four. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's it's completely that language. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I still do it. I still do it. Everyone does. But I find myself doing it a bit less. Slightly less. Or at least I'll do it catch myself and then smile and I'll go oh god's sake I've just done that (laughs) yeah rather than hating yourself for it which just compounds negativity that helps absolutely nothing well exactly that's um if you're going to do it and not even enjoy it or if you're going to do it and then feel negative after when you were doing it to try and feel good what are we doing sorry yeah I mean I I did actually come up with some what I think are like top tips and that actually was one of them what you've done then hit us with the tip so the first, so so the first one, um, and me and you have had many conversations about this. <laughs> control your food environment. Multi packs are the work of the devil. 
Pauline, you're flirting with me by saying control your food environment. You know this is my favorite thing. <laughs> this is my favorite yeah, thing. I, Go, you exactly. tell us why, Pauline. You tell us why. I think that if you, I think you need to be a very strong person to control the lure of the multi pack. And sharing pack <laughs> the lure of the multi pack. <laughs> Who shares a sharing pack? I don't know. No one. They've just made the sharing packs of chocolate bigger. Have you noticed? They've doubled them in the supermarket. The dairy milk ones, the little twirl bites, the Cadbury's giant buttons, which are actually the normal size buttons. It's flipping. They've just made the the sharing packs twice as big because no one shares them. No, no one shares them. I don't share (laughs) them. I'll bite you if you come near mine. (laughs) I'd be like, go away, get your own. Exactly. Get your hands hands off me chocolate. No one shares a sharing pack. And some people <laughs> it just says strong. that on it to make you not feel as bad at the till. <laughs> exactly. Some people are strongly willed to actually share them or just have half now or then half like, you know, next millennium or something. But I'm not. It, it, no, it's highly unlikely as well. It's not common in people. And if you can, if like there'll be there'll be people listening to this. Like if we have a conversation and, and, and we say, oh, my God, it's so hard to just not eat all the chocolate in one go. And you'll agree and I agree. Somebody who doesn't like chocolate that much will say, no, no, I'm good. I, I, look, but, I can but, do it. I, but but oh, for no, something else. Own. Yes, their own, own thing. Pack. Yeah, if they start on the wine, Chris. they've screwed it for three weeks. Yeah, or a full pack of Doritos and they just stick in the face in the bag. You can't even breathe for it. It might be wine, it might be beer, it might be gin, it might be ice cream. It'll be something. We're all just human. The thing that they like. Um, Most likely, yeah, most likely. Most people do. And if it's not food, it's something else. Gambling. Exactly. I found myself (laughs) eating the food so I don't eat the food. I mean, how crazy is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll eat it now so that I can't eat it later. Wait, what? Sorry? Yeah. <laughs> this is just a trick of the work. mind, isn't it? This is your mind tricking yourself into doing what you want. <laughs> I mean, I've got a funny story from last summer. So I was walking back from um, Enclith Park in Sheffield and it was a red hot day. And um, I, I was like, I really love Magnums. I love them. So I was like, right, I'm going to go into Waitrose to get a Magnum because it's cheap because I walked in past Waitrose. So I was looking around and I could have got a single Magnum for what, £2.70 or something? So and then I looked and I'm like, multi-pack a Magnum, like five, no, six mini Magnums for like, I don't know, £4. So I like, well, okay, yeah, I could have that. And then I saw <laughs> get two boxes for £5, so you better, well, you, <laughs> you better stop it. You better stop it. Five pound. This this story does not end well. And it was <laughs> I already know it's going to end. I can tell before I, we even start. And by the time I'd walked home, which is two miles, I had eaten all twelve. No. Magnums. No. All, all that is. <laughs> that's not even. I thought even I thought it wasn't going to go that bad. <laughs> no, and. It, by the time I had like nine or something, I'm like, in for a penny. I know there's only three left now. What what can you do? What can you do? What, what extra damage could this do? Oh, I'm um, lactose intolerant. It could do damage. <laughs> it would not go well for my guts. That it would not go right. well. The ice cream would look the same on the way in and on the way out. It would oh, not be good. Man. It, that would not be good. But and it was just like and once I'd eaten the final mini magnum. I didn't feel stressed because that 
was now taken from I mean I felt guilty and a bit sick to be fair but <laughs> <laughs> that's deserved if you eat fucking 12 mini magnums <laughs> that's ex- deserved ex- exactly but every now and then I need to be reminded that I can't do it that no so I will buy if I want a bag of I don't have, I don't have crisps in the house generally or chocolate or biscuits or anything because if, say if you're sat at home and you're like, oh, fancy a biscuit. If you've got them in the fridge or the or the cupboard, all you have to do is walk to the fridge or the cupboard, get some biscuits and eat them. Yeah, it's now, too easy. It's too easy. Now, if you if if you haven't got any, but say the corner shop, like five minutes walk, so you go, oh, fancy something. Right, okay. Oh, what's the weather like? Oh, it's raining. Oh, I'm not bothered. Or you might go, Oh, I fancy something. Oh, what's the weather? Oh, it's all right. But it's right at the top of the really steep hill. Oh, I'm not bothered. But there's, there's several opportunities for you to, like, say no to it. Yeah, it's making it harder to fail and easier to succeed by making the hard, the, the worst options harder to get or more awkward. It's absolutely perfect what you're describing. I, I, I try and explain to people so many times that there aren't really people who can sit around all the food that they love and just not do anything about it. The no. difference is there's some people who buy all the food that they love and put it in the cupboards and then just get surprised and confused when they eat it. And there's other people who don't buy that much beer. Yes, they just don't buy that much food and just stick it in the cupboards around them because they know and are mindful enough to understand that they eat it. I do it too. I can't buy scones because they come in, scones come in a pack of zero, four or 12. So you either get none, you get four or you, and that's, I can't, I can't buy four. I will eat four with half a pack of Lurpak and then I will feel sick. It's not going to go yeah. breakfast cereals as well. I can't do this. I can't buy like nice breakfast cereals because I'll say to myself, oh, I'm just a bit peckish, you know, but I'll just rather than eating a proper meal, I'll just eat. I'll just have a quick bowl of cereal. Really, it's four or five hundred calories worth of flipping chocolate cereal. And it does not fill me even slightly. And then later in the day, I'm like, oh, I'll just have another meal. And I'd be eating it, all of it. All of it. Mm. It's ridiculous. If there's chocolate in my house, I just eat it. If there's just... Unless, you know, it's just junk food around. Unless you don't like that particular type of junk food, everybody eats it. So you've just got to fucking stop buying it. People get so confused for years. They come to me, oh, my willpower's awful. I can't stop snacking. I just snack all day, all night. I'm like, where is this happening? They're like, oh, at home. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> if, if somebody was trying to quit drinking, but they wouldn't stop buying beers and putting them in the fridge just in case, what would you think about that person? Yeah. Or if somebody was well, trying to quit smoking and they wouldn't, they wouldn't stop buying cigs and putting them in and putting them in the cupboard or on the side just in case yeah. they fancy one. Yeah. What would you think to that person? You'd think, come on, let's be real, a, <laughs> wouldn't you? I think there was a quiz, weren't there, where people had decided what the top. Oh my top, lord, there was by Precision thing. Nutrition. Oh my lord, there was. And, and and me and you both had this conversation, didn't we? Where where they, the environment was something like number twelve out of thirteen. Yeah, this is, this is a big nutrition company in America. They're called Precision Nutrition. They've got so many clients. Um, they polled all their clients on what their clients thought were their biggest nutrition struggles. And food environment was on the list, but it was flipping low. Like, no one voted that food environment was an issue. I was like, what? When you've got when you've got food all in your cupboards, people are passing around the sweets at work. Then you get takeaway money off vouchers come through your door. Then there's adverts on TV. Then you the then you follow from, the email from Uber Eats where you just email from Just point. Eats at five thirty p.m. exactly on a Monday when they know where, you're just like, about to finish work and you can't be asked to cook. Exactly. 
It's everywhere on your Facebook as well. Ridiculous. Everything's on delivery now. You can get flipping delivery breakfast McDonald's these days. Everything's on delivery. Go on an app. Don't even have to type in your card details. Just eat remembers where you like to eat, what your card details are. It's like Amazon one-click ordering, but for food. And it brings up your favourites. How about it's like? How about this? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and people think this is not causing issues. It's all causing issues. Every single, every single one of these is a trigger, reminding you about food and making you think about it again. And we can't control it, like in the streets when KFC are pumping out the smells into the street and there's billboards with food on and stuff. But you can control it at home. One of the things I always say is when you you can when your home's a happy and healthy place, you'll find it easier to be too. And it's fucking yeah. true. You can have you can have your favourite fruits and your favourite vegetables in there. You can have carrot sticks and whatever you like. And and like in return, you know, to you know, get rid of the multi packs, but in return fill it with things you like. Like if you like if you're not keen on apples, why buy apples? But if you mm-hmm. love I mean I I love berries, I love strawberries, I love raspberries, oh, me I love too. blueberries. I mean, I could spend all my wages on them. So, <laughs> it's like two pound fifty or three pound for a pack of raspberries. It'll set you set your purse on fire, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it's like seven pound a day habit, fruit habit, or something. I know, and but... I could eat. I could eat a pack a day easy because a pack of raspberries is flipping ninety calories. I'm going in for ninety calories. I love that. Exactly, I'm the same, and so I'll, I'll try and like put put stuff like that in the fridge. Fruits that I like, melon and strawberries and raspberries and mango and stuff like that things that set your taste buds on fire instead of just like you know a pear you know <laughs> I, well it's, it's a good example because i also don't really like pears i don't like the texture of it i don't know why no <laughs> it gives me, it gives, it, they give me a bit of a stomach ache the, 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 you end up like all messy afterwards and no i'm not <laughs> it's not and apples apples no i'm not bothered about apples either it's just the the actual um the actual pleasure that they give you doesn't equal the the pain in the backside it is to eat them. I, I I'm not that bothered about apples. <laughs> berries, berries all day long. Yeah, I um you you might some people are listening and you might as well think this is gonna be a heinous thing to say and an absolute crime. But I also don't like apples or apple juice or apple pie. I don't like I don't like no, apple-flavoured like, sweets. I don't no, want any of these. To be fair, if I'm, if I'm having dessert, I want no fruit near my dessert ever. It, all it's doing is offending me and taking up space where chocolate should and could be. I don't want no fruit coolie. I don't want I don't, no fruit in any way. I want chocolate or double chocolate. <laughs> That's all I'm Not going Not even for. like chocolate-dipped strawberries or something. See, if we're having a romantic evening, I could go for chocolate-dipped strawberries. You're right. Okay, you've got me. And I don't mind occasionally a lemon cheesecake, but I would. But if but if there was an option between lemon and like toffee or salted caramel, I'm going for like toffee or salted yeah, caramel. Yeah, toffee or salted caramel. I'm going so for yeah. I want a... basic and best. So shall I give you tip number two? <laughs> yeah, go for it. I've forgotten about these so, tips. You were getting me riled up about food environment, and now we're talking about cheesecake. If it, <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't go to plan, if you do have. Uh, a magnum incident like I did or yeah. you, you know you eat them Pringles or you eat that, them, them biscuits in front of the telly forgive yourself move on it happens 
there's no point in beating yourself up for the rest of the day, being miserable. Because when you're miserable, you might be thinking, well, well, I'm more likely to do it again. Yeah. I'm more likely to do it again. Or, well, I've had I've had that pack of hobnobs. It's 2,000 calories. What's the point in trying for the rest of the day? So yeah. 2,000 calories becomes 4,000 calories instead of just being 2,000 calories, which, you know, it's a drop in the ocean in a long-term thing. Just forget it. Move on. Maybe not forget it, but maybe evaluate why you did it. So, was I hungry? Can I actually uh, increase my volume of food in the dinner? You know, I'm not eating enough food, so therefore I'm having too much pudding? Or is it because I'm sat there and I'm watching a really boring programme on the telly and I'm I'm just eating? Or So, evaluate it, but don't yourself up does that make sense oh it makes perfect sense um there's two things i would like to say about that one of them is that in the program our check-in and so people can check in um with me and the supporting coaches anywhere up to every single day if they want to and the post that they check in on is called the win or learn not the win or lose because like you said if you do something wrong but then you just forget about it then you've learned no lesson and you're just equally likely to do it again and if you've eaten a load of ice cream and then you forget it i don't want you to forget it i want you to enjoy it long term remember that you did it enjoy it because it is nice but then yeah you're right move on and move back forward um the other thing i wanted to well ask you really is what would be your tips then for because everybody struggles with this everybody screws up i've already told you i'm a flipping over a decade deep nutritionist i I teach people how to do this daily for a living but i still screw my food intake up it's i really loved what you said earlier as well where you said it's just over time it's just like the screw-ups get slightly less and the amount of time you can stay on it before you never become perfect no one does i'm not perfect even fitness models bodybuilders people whose job it is to be in the best shape in the world they don't eat perfect and they don't even pretend to watch their youtube channels it's just that over time the longer you keep trying like i said on a long enough time frame your screw-ups get slightly less each year on year just slightly slightly less you screw it up only i don't know 75 times rather than 90 times next year <laughs> and, you, and your screw-ups are not they're not 4,000 calorie day screw-ups they're 3,000 calorie a day screw-ups and how long it takes you to get back on it after a screw-up is less and yeah. less time and the longer you stay on it between a screw-up goes up and yes you still overeat at Christmas but you only overeat three or four days rather than two months <laughs> or something yeah. like this. no absolutely so what what would you think is a way that people can keep a good perspective and get back on it quicker um or what helps you i guess what helped me is is i use the group and so i'll be like oh i've messed up today i've done this and people are like it's fine don't don't worry about it so honesty and accountability straight off there you're being honest with yourself you're being honest with other people me as your nutrition coach you know, I'm not going to shout at you because I'm not perfect either. It's like he who hath no sin cast the first stone, isn't it? We get biblical. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it's, it's like, it's, it's recognising it, I think. Um, yeah, not hiding from uh, your problems, also important. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, is there an occasion? Is it because it's Christmas? Because Christmas, eh, everyone, wants, everyone wants to let their hair down a bit at Christmas. Or is it yep. your birthday? Or is it because is it because it's like I know a random Wednesday? But if it if it becomes <laughs> like, if it becomes every day, 
then I think you need to like start thinking why and yeah yeah understanding what understanding your own patterns understanding your own problems yeah and then trying to create different situations like you were saying maybe it's stress eating maybe it's boredom eating maybe it's emotional coping maybe it's this maybe it's that but whatever it is there's things we can do about it isn't there there's ways we can get in its way and do better definitely be happier because some days i'll try and have a i'll try and drive the calories down because i want to have a good weight loss and i'll probably drive them down a bit too bit too much and i'll have yeah, I won't yeah have that can be a thing there. I, won't, I won't have enough meals i won't have enough um calories at lunchtime i won't have enough calories at dinner time and by nine o'clock you know, oh, i'm starving right, <laughs> what can I have? right i haven't got I've, I've, i could have a sandwich and then you have a sandwich you're like no i'm still hungry right i'll have i'll have i'll have some cereal Right, now I'm still hungry. Right, I'll have... And then by the time, like, your brain's caught up that you're no longer starving, you you might have eaten loads and loads of food, but the intentions have been good all along. So maybe if that's happened a couple of days in a row, you can maybe go, hang on a minute, I only had, like, 600 calories for my dinner. Let's see how I can increase that maybe to 900 by adding, like, bulking veg... Um and and see and then that might stop the the snacking later on because it's either hunger it's generally hunger or boredom that you snack and it and the two very different things yeah or stress yeah but but stre- boredom is yeah. boredom is a form of stress yeah 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 but I meant like physically like hungry or psychologically. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because sometimes the body wants food. Sometimes the brain wants entertainment or to de-stress or distract. Yeah. So if that's the case, what can you do otherwise? Can you go for a walk? Can you can you listen? Can you read a good book? Can you listen to a, a really good song that you like? Can you ring a friend? Um, and then you know, is 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 it thirst? Because sometimes your body confuses hunger for thirst. No. Yeah. Thirst for hunger, sorry. Sometimes your body confuses thirst for hunger. So do you, do you want a glass of water? Do you want a cup of tea? And then, so, and I forgot the question. <laughs> don't, but, don't, uh, don't. <laughs> I was going to say, don't worry at all, because I know I'm following perfectly and you're exactly right. Um, I was speaking to a lady on the phone earlier today, one of the Six Steps to Slim members, and her weight's not gone down in January as much as she wanted it to. So we jumped on the phone. We started looking at her food intake. I was looking at her weight loss graphs and stuff like this. And we were just playing detective. Exactly like you said, when something's gone wrong, try and assess, you can't fix it. There's no going back in time and then not doing it, but we can try and learn a lesson from it and then move on positively from there, can't we? So then we can, um, because you were giving us loads of reasons why things could have gone wrong. Is it this? Is it that? Is it the other? And some of them, you couldn't have done anything about it. In which case you think, okay, I'm off the hook then. I couldn't have done anything about it. Some things you could though. Sometimes you could have actually done a little bit better. Or like you said, go for a walk, de-stress or distract in a different way. Stress management methods, which are helpful rather than harmful. We could have done something a little bit different. So then we think, okay, next time we'll try and do that instead. Will we do it perfectly every time from then on? No, (laughs) but we can try with good intention to do 1% better and eventually we'll get there. And it's a case of not giving up, isn't it? I mean... You, I, I, um, I mean, I haven't lost that much weight over the past year, but I haven't put it on. So, 
I think is it something like ninety percent of all people who lose weight put it on within two years, a year? Yeah, two or three years, time, yeah. It? Yeah, it's ninety, ninety five percent of everybody who loses any weight, yeah, gains it back within two or three years. And I'm four years now, so I'm like, well already I'm I'm beating the odds. Um, yeah, you're in the you're in the top easily couple of percent of most successful dieters ever of all time. That's why you're super powerlean. It says it in your fucking name <laughs> on the stereo app. Pow, pow, pow. Pow, pow, pow lean. And, it, and it's easy to compare yourself to other people. So don't. You know, your your journey is not their journey. Their journey is not your journey. And I'm guilty of this. Like, there's a couple of people in the group that's absolutely smashing it. And I look at them and I think, <laughs> I wish I could do that. I wish, I wish, I wish I was as good as them. I wish I, I wish I were winning at life. But then I think, but you are. You've lost, you've six stone down. You're, you've, you've, you've got through cancer treatment. You're back to work. You're doing a PT course. You are winning at life. And just remind yourself that you are. Yeah, you're doing it in your way. There's no use comparing to anybody else because you're not them. You don't have their life, their stresses, their job, their kids, their metabolism, their wants, their needs, their desires, their anything. You haven't got any yeah. of these things. So to, comp- to compare things, you need to be able to compare matching variables of which your life to somebody else's has basically none. So it makes no sense. Yeah. No, it, it makes doesn't, no sense. But then your brain, your brain st- still, if you, if you don't like keep it in check, it sneaks up and plays nasty tricks on you, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, and definitely. And the final tip, this might be a bit controversial. Go for it, I'm not I, scared. I, I, no, no, <laughs> I, I, don't, I know you agree with me, your body is not a bin. <laughs> Go on then, expand. How many times have you been? To, how many times have you been told as a kid when you didn't want your dinner? The starving children in Africa. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Me eating food that I don't want is not going to save any starving children in Africa. What You're exactly right. Starving- we c- we can't transport the food that's on your plate to them. That's not going to work. made a donation to a charity that deals with starving children in Africa. If you want to save starving children in Africa, if you don't, that's also fine. But that's that's really what would solve that. And people, I see it in the group, or um, I'm stressed because um, the food environment's stressing me out. There's leftovers from Christmas, there's cakes, there's scones, there's this, there's that. And quite a few times I'll go bin it. And it's actually, it actually does upset people. And I think your body is not a bin. Yeah, people Why? overvalue, people overvalue the junk food a lot. Like people act like it's either worth a lot of money, which it's not, or that it's special, which it's not, or that it's, yep. you know, I, I used to always, always go to a Tesco Extra and there's always the same homeless guy sat outside of it. And I always used to ask him, what do you want? And for about a week, he said chocolate every single day. And then on the eighth day, he told me I had to stop buying chocolate because he felt like his teeth were going to fall out. On that day, I bought him a toothbrush and flipping mouthwash. I'm not even kidding. Um, So people, I've seen it in the group as well, like you said, and I just see it everywhere from people. People saying, oh, I don't want to throw away this junk food because there's homeless people that would appreciate it. Maybe not. (laughs) I've tried it. I've given them junk food. They don't want it. They want a flipping warm, actual, real meal, which you're right. You should go and volunteer at a soup kitchen or donate money to, or donate actual, real, good food. They don't want a box of Cadbury's 
They literally don't. Neither do the starving children in Africa. That's not going to help them. No, that's not good nutrition. Send them a tin of beans. God, at least it's got fiber. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna do something good, we're next time you're in Tesco, buy something for the food bank. You know, volunteer at a soup kitchen. Set up a direct debit for one of the many charities that that would be there. Because at no point is you overeating on your dinner going to help anyone. No, can I say something even more controversial? Go on. What gets me as well is when people are trying to avoid food and then they give it to their children. Like they say, oh, I need to get rid of this junk food. I don't I don't want to throw it away. So I'm giving it to the kids. I'm thinking, what? Sorry, you know, you're trying to avoid this food because it's caused you problems in the past, which is why you had to hire a nutritionist to try and fix these situations. You know, that's going to damage you and is a bad idea. So then you're giving it to the people that you're supposed to be looking after. And they're only one third or one half the size of you, which if you think that's a lot of calories and sugar for you, it's double for them. Don't give it to the children. It's not, you're also programming their food habits and what's a normal thing and instilling in them that you can't throw away any junk food because it's just too valuable. We've got to eat it. It's worth more than our health, this processed sugar and fat that's produced in unbelievable quantities and is worth 50 pence. This is worth more than your health. You must consume it when it is around. I'm like, sorry. (laughs) No, I agree. I completely and utterly agree. Like, you like, you sometimes see people like, like, out with the, the kids in a push chair and they might have a, a milky bar in one hand and and like a a carton of juice like a ribena in another and some like quavers stuck in the push chair and you think oh no no like poor kid and 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 half of the time I'm sure the parents just give them it out of love. It's not nastiness. It's just it's just out of love. Yeah, of course, the kids love it because they love all sugar. They don't know what's good for them. They love all sugars and fats. And a lot of people are not educated on food to know how how bad it is for them. Like, they're just seeing a pack of quavers. It tastes nice for the child. I think when, when I see when I see something like that or think about that, I th- that I see a child that's growing its body and brain and priming and programming its genetics and its food habits for life. And I just think, oh, try and give it, try and give the best you can. Try and get it's gr- yeah. every. Have you ever heard you are what you eat? Yeah. Of course you have. Everybody has. It's because it's true, isn't it? It's because it's true. Yeah. The o- the only thing that goes into our bodies from us being a tiny little child as soon as you're born to a full-grown adult like we are now is food. It's food yeah. that goes in. It makes who you are, literally. I, I just I don't want to see kids getting made out of kebabs. No, no. Um, and I think, you know, I think it is, like you say, it's a controversial thing, but I think I think sometimes it needs to be said. I really do, and and not in a in, not in a shaming way, but in a caring way. And I think I don't I don't think it, there's a problem with saying that. I think maybe won't somebody please become, think of their children. Exactly. Sometimes in a society, I think we've become a bit scared of offending people that we that we. Uh, we uh, pussyfoot around a lot of subjects that shouldn't be pussyfoot arounded. <laughs> if that's a real word. <laughs> that's a real word. I've just made it one. So, so yeah, that would be, be my third and final tip. Your body is not a bin. And sometimes, you know, I treat, 
I treat, you know, like sometimes, like, you know, my body is a temple. Sometimes my body's Glastonbury, you know what I mean? (laughs) 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 I don't use it as a bin, you know. The bin's full, I'll just use me. But generally, I have no qualms in, in, um, in throwing things out. Yeah, I always, I always think rather, rather than, Rather, if you don't want to throw things out, the idea is not to eat it so that it damages your health because then it's a waste anyway if you don't even want it or it's not even going to be good for you to consume it. It's buy less food in the first place so that you're not having to throw yeah. it out. If you're, if you're having to throw food out, it's because you bought too much food. Don't waste your hard-earned money. You don't go to work to earn this money to then buy too much food to then throw it away. I know you don't want to throw it away. It makes sense, but you just need to buy less. And then we won't be wasting yeah. it. You won't be wasting your health or the money or the food. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but equally, the people who say this um, don't get too upset when the when the fruit the fruit bowl starts going off and they need to chuck that out. I've noticed that. I'm quite happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. a pile of fruit hasn't been eaten and it starts to get furry, and you're like, ah, I'll throw this fruit out, it's gone. Yeah, I you suppose know, that's one of the things about junk food, though, isn't it? It never goes off. It becomes when no. as soon as you buy junk food and put it in the cupboard, it becomes a battle between your willpower and the chocolate's expiration date, and it don't go off until like twenty thirty. <laughs> so it just sits there forever until you get bored or stressed, and then you just munch it. Maybe if if the chocolate was mouldy, I don't think people would mind throwing it away. But I understand the principle of what you mean. Yeah. So so I I have no qualms, no qualms in, and and I've also like bought something like a multi pack, a sharing pack, weighed out the serving suggestion size, binned them, and binned them in the big bin, not the little bin that I can fish out. Binned them in the big bin outside the wheelie bin, and I've eaten that my thirty grams, which is meagre, of my snack. And and I, I you know it has been oh I could have had, I could have had the rest oh, yeah but but never mind I, I'm staying in control and I wish that I didn't have to do that I wish that that I could get um I wish I could get that smaller size but sometimes you can't and also um oh, what was I going to say I was going to say something then and it it completely it can completely forgot it's something about serving size but oh that was it um you know if if they can't if if they can't do that oh that was it it's about price you know how you sometimes look at something and so say um a normal bag of crisps is 80p for example yeah but then and that's like 30 grams but then a 100 gram bag of crisps is a pound and you might look at the pound bag of crisps and think, oh, they're a much better deal. They're a much better deal than them, than them, 30, than 30 grams of crisps for 80p. Um, but yeah, they are, if you're going to go price per gram. But no, they're not, because A, you're paying 20p more, which is not a, a better deal. And B, you're eating three times as much as you want. So from money-wise and health-wise, it's not a better deal. 
Yeah, I understand exactly what you mean. Like if it's one bag of crisps for a pound or four for two pounds, firstly, spending two pounds doesn't save you money versus spending one pound. People are like, oh, I'll buy the big packs. That saves me money. Only if you plan to eat all of them, which if you've got weight loss goals, why are you planning to eat all of them? You're going to be upset (laughs) when you eat all of them. So I I agree. It It saves you money, but what it saves you in money, it costs you in health. So it depends what you value. There's a balance to all things. Yeah, and and but automatically, like the the supermarket, like um, uh, branding of that wow deal and amazing deal, you're like oh, that is a good deal. Oh, okay, so I could have one for four pound fifty. I could have three for, and then I could, but I could have sixteen. <laughs> but you're like no, no, you don't need sixteen. I completely agree. The the government are thinking about banning this kind of stuff, do you know? Really? Yeah, the UK government, literally. I've seen um, health proposals and things like that coming out of the health sectors of the government saying that they're one of the tactics they're thinking they're, they're, they're that's on the table essentially for trying to help the obesity epidemic and all this kind of stuff is stopping supermarkets doing like massive junk food deals and buy one, get one freeze on just like junk food and also putting junk food next to the tills while you queue because the longer you yeah. stand next to it the weaker your willpower gets as the fluorescent light glints off its <laughs> silvery shiny packaging yeah, they, made specifically to catch nice. your attention of course they do they're yeah. making it nice on purpose they want it to be desirable it's designed people, only for desire these people have got marketing degrees are very clever and they know exactly yes. what they're doing to make you want to buy things like that there's a phenomenal book about exactly that you know called salt sugar fat by michael moss yeah yeah it's it's called salt sugar fat and then the subtitle is how the food giants hook us and it's about how companies use salt sugars and fats and packaging and even how supermarkets are laid out to get us to buy more food and all the all the different it's about the food environment like we said all the different tips tactics and tricks that the that these huge companies are using to just to get us to buy more of their product which that's their goal at the end of the day isn't it they don't really care about people's health that much that's not the goal no, the to make no, the moolah exactly and i think it was you connor that said if people stop buying it that they're only producing if there's a need so that's true it's supply need. versus demand yeah if nobody bought multi-packs they'd stop making them wouldn't they it's people if people are like oh mcdonald's causing the obesity epidemic yeah if mcdonald's shut down people just buy twice as many burger kings what do you mean <laughs> it's supply yeah, versus exactly. demand people people need to understand how things affect them and have better mindfulness and hopefully health and happiness through that to not want to eat flipping mcd's every day <laughs> that's the real yeah, game McDonald's wouldn't care if they did salads and people wanted salad. They'd, they'd change. If everybody, if everybody started buying the McDonald's salad, they'd just start doing more salad options. No, nobody really yeah. buys it that much, so they don't do that many different versions. That's the game. Yeah. They test new products, don't they? Bring out this. Do people like it? Let's see. If it goes wild, they keep it. If it doesn't, it's just business. It's normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, and the lure of the multi-pack, it's a, it's a hard one. It's a hard one because you don't buy. You don't. I, I'm watching a Jay Shetty um, podcast and it was with um, oh, Russell Brand. And I oh, both both of that. those guys are amazing and powerful. Shout out to both of them. 
and Russell Brand said, temptation isn't an ugly thing, it's a beautiful thing. And it is. You're not tempted with things you're not bothered about. And while if you're going to buy a multi-pack of it, if you're going to buy 16 of them, it's something you like. Because you're not going to buy 16 <laughs> of something you're not keen on, are you? True. So you've already got 16 of these things that you like. That, that you know, it's, it's your weakness. It's the thing you really like. Unless you've got willpower of steel, it's... It, temptation is a beautiful thing. It's not a horrible thing. You, you're not tempted by things you're not bothered about. So, so get it out of your home. Just don't, just don't buy it. If you if you want a bag of crisps, buy a bag of crisps. If you want a bar of chocolate, buy a bar of chocolate. But don't buy. Yeah, don't store it like a them. squirrel and just sit around it while we're while we're all stuck inside as well. And then wonder why you eat too much. It's got nothing to do with your willpower whatsoever. It's got everything to do with your food environment. Everybody gets bored and stressed. Everybody wants to escape it. We'll all munch our way through it if we've got the options. You just have to make the option less attractive and appealing by making it more awkward, like you said. And then if you really do want to walk, stop or get in the car and then go buy some crisps, then okay, you can do. No one's going to stop you. You've got free will. But it's just making it slightly less likely that you will, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Or or slightly less like so or if you if you're gonna to go to the shop and get one, you'll get you'll get one, which like maybe depending on what it is, could be anywhere from like a hundred to two hundred and fifty calories. If you've got if you've got like a, a, I mean how many times do you have a bar of chocolate or a bag of crisps or whatever and think, Oh, that were right nice, I could eat that again. Every time, every time. This is what I always teach people. Cravings, hitting the craving. People call it that, don't they? Oh, I'm going to hit my craving by eating this. No, you feed and fuel the craving. Eating the yeah. thing you crave is what creates the next craving. Yeah. And and how many ca- and, and if you had, you go, oh, I could eat another one of them. You go, luckily enough, I have another one of them in the fridge. Right, I'll go and get it. But otherwise, you might go, oh, I could eat another one of them. Ah, but I haven't got another one again. I'll have one in a couple of days. You know, it stops it immediately, doesn't it? Whereas, like, you know, you don't, you don't, I don't eat a bar of chocolate or a bag of crisps and think, oh, that was horrible. I didn't know. <laughs> no, I'm not, no. not that bothered about that. You know, or you think, oh, that was right nice. I could eat that again. And all you have to do is go to your cupboard. And you've got it. It's like, like you're wishing my command. Hey, it's here. It's like the genie has given you a wish. All right, Pauline. Well, I am going to have to go because I have another meeting soon. Yeah. It's been... It's been an absolutely amazing conversation, though. We've got two audio voice recorded comments, you know, that have been sent in by people. Do you think Do yeah, you think we should it. play them? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it could get a little bit dicey. This could be anything from the internet. I'm going to play it. Are you ready? Yeah. Hello, guys. How are you? Um, I just want to say that I really like your conversation. And um, if you can, guys, follow me, please. Oh, wow. Nice. Well, that... That was nice, and that was a really nice accent as well. I, I, I don't know where that accent was from, do you? Uh, sounds like maybe Dutch or German or something. Oh, really? I would um, probably be offensive if I guessed. I'm going to go on to the next one uh, by getting it wrong. I'm going to go to the next uh, voice-recorded message. Is that okay? 
cross your fingers. Alright, listen. I got a question, question real quick. Do you ever wonder if you can queef a balloon up? A what? Well, well, that's a question that could be anything from the internet, like I said. So let's move on swiftly from that question. Another cool accent, though, from that gentleman, I will say. Exactly. So, <laughs> Pauline, um, thank you so much for coming to speak to me today. I really, really appreciate it. It's been lovely to speak to you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Connor. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Please follow us. Leave on a comment if you're on a platform where you can leave on comments. Massively appreciated. Thank you so much. Speak to you, and I'll see you again thank soon. Thank you. Bye.